Lakeisha Gunter, and you're listening to Roar, an energetic and enlightening weekly podcast that will help you achieve more. This weekly infusion of candid insights, indispensable lessons, inspiring stories, and success strategies for living your best life now will help you on your journey to making your dreams a reality. My experience as a Fortune 50 business and tech executive has led me to meet some pretty amazing people. On Roar, I share real talks with top executives, thought leaders, luminaries, authors, and entrepreneurs who are passionate about building the next generation of inspired, empowered, game-changing leaders. Are you ready to fear less and move into your dream life? Let's Roar. Welcome to Roar. I'm your host, Lakeisha Gunter. So what do I mean by ROAR? The beauty of ROAR is that it's both an acronym. The acronym stands for Reflection, Opportunity, Action, and Relationships. And it's an action. We are all born with it. A hidden power inside of us. It is a fire that is often suppressed by fear. Today, I'm super excited to talk about modern mentoring and how the power of mentorship can help you achieve your goals both personally and professionally. In both business and personal life, we should all be seeking to develop our skills, continually learning new things, and challenging ourselves on a regular basis. This naturally takes a degree of devotion and commitment, and life can often get in the way of our self-improvement efforts. I know you all know what I mean. Having a mentor, that is, someone who can help guide, advise, and teach you through a problem or towards a goal is one way to stay on track. Mentoring has the power to accelerate our self-development, career progression, and overall confidence. It's therefore pretty surprising that only 37% of professionals have one, particularly as so many successful people praise and recommend mentorship. I know for me firsthand, mentorship has been transformational to my life, both personally and professionally. It has truly been the difference maker for me. And so excited to talk about this, this very important topic today. My guest today, Lonnie Phillips, knows all about the power of mentorship and the impact it can have on one's life and career. I'm excited to introduce you to Lonnie. She's a seasoned technology executive with over 20 years of experience in inclusive leadership and transformation management in the tech industry. She currently serves as the Vice President of Global Partner Solutions, U.S. Channel Sales for Microsoft. Her team supports customers' digital transformation efforts through co-selling with Microsoft's partner ecosystem and is accountable for revenue, profitability, and partner satisfaction across commercial enterprise, corporate, and small business customers, representing a 10,000-plus sales organization and a $50 billion business. He is truly a powerhouse. Over the years, Lonnie has developed a reputation for being a transformational and inclusive leader who is committed to empowering people. She has a passion for inspiring, transforming, and growing leaders. In 2021, she launched Modern Mentoring with Lonnie Phillips, a digital mentoring series created with the intention of sharing wisdom globally and making it accessible for anyone looking to thrive in corporate spaces. I've had the awesome pleasure of meeting Lonnie and getting to know her over the last several months when I joined Microsoft, and she has been a true friend, a mentor, and a member of what I call my board of advisors or board of directors. She's been so supportive since I joined Microsoft and integral into my successful transition into the company. So with that, let's welcome Lonnie to the show. Welcome, Lonnie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Lakeisha. 
oh my gosh, I've been looking forward to this all day. You have no idea. Just so excited to share just the powerhouse that you are with my audience Um, Your years of experience in the industry, leading teams, leading organizations to transformation. And just, you know, over the years, just you've had a heart and passion to give back, to bring others along the leadership journey and enable them to achieve their desired level of success. So let's talk about that a little bit, if that's okay with you today. Of course. Let's get it started. All right. So modern mentoring, we're going to talk about flourishing in a modern workforce. So before we jump into something that you're super passionate about, I want to give the audience an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you, if that's okay. So my first question is, tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and how that shaped you to be the person that you are today. Sure. Well, I actually grew up in an area of Dallas called Oak Cliff. And I don't know if you're familiar with that area. I actually am one of two. I have a sister, but I'm the oldest. And my mom and dad, actually, it's an interesting story because I come from a family where it was very traditional. It was all about deep faith. It was all about family and making sure that we took care of one another. And it was also about education. I had a family that was really big on education. My mother had her master's degree. My dad had his undergrad in mathematics. So in my house, education was something uh, that was held to, you were expected to go to school and not just go to high school and finish. They expected you to go to college and pursue your degree. And my mother really wanted for her kids to be able to pursue a master's and beyond. So I'm really glad I did do that. I actually went as far as my master's. But when I think about, you know, what shaped who I am, believe it or not, I think it was those early days, but I also had a bit of a shift in my life. My mother's life was taken early. She had cancer and I was 12. And that was a major moment in shaping who I am. And the reason it was a major moment is because my mom was a school teacher and she was beloved. I mean, absolutely beloved by her colleagues as well as the students. But the thing that I remember is when we were celebrating her life, it was what people said about her. It was the way they talked about my mother in terms of how she cared about them, how she challenged them. She was always there to support them. And that's always been the example that I had up until that moment. And so it's funny how as I've grown and matured that I've held on to that as a compass in terms of how I want to lead my life, recognizing that at the end of my life, it's not necessarily about I've worked for this company X number of years, I've made X amount of money, but it's more about the lives you've changed and touched along the journey. So that's really what shaped me. Wow, she sounded like an amazing woman. And I know how important teachers are in helping us see who we can be and those seeds of uh, encouragement that they plant inside of our hearts, they just continue to grow. And so it sounds like she was a phenomenal. I'm so sorry about your loss, Lonnie. Uh, Thank you. Yes. So the story you just shared certainly speaks to 
something that a person that shaped your life and that experience, those experiences, seeing your mom as an educator and the love that she shared with the students, but also what she gave you. So talk Mm -hmm. about what else stands out for you, maybe, you know, in terms of when you grew up as a defining moment that really helped you find your roar. I mean, your mom was a phenomenal example of strength, grace, and the likes. And so I know you had no problem finding your roar very early on. So maybe talk about it. No, I didn't. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't fall down along the way, but isn't that part of finding our roar? We fall down and get back up. So I would tell you that, you know, I got to give my dad some credit here because my dad is who kind of raised me in those really formative years of me turning into the woman I am today. And one of the things that comes to mind is when I was 15, most kids want to have a good time. And all I care about is getting a job. And at that time, that was too early to get a job. And I was telling my dad, I want to work. I want to work. He's like, for what? What do you need money for? I said, because I want my own money because I'm going to be a businesswoman someday. And I want a job. And I didn't want any job. I wanted to work at a retail store. And I wanted to have a job I could be proud of so that I could, you know, make a reasonable amount of money. So he called a friend of his who was at the time working at what is now Macy's today. And he said, can you help my daughter get a job? And she got me a job working in the designer purse department. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. To know me is to know that's the love of mine. Right. Right. And And I wonder how it started. (laughs) Because I saw all of them come in. And so I got a chance to, you know, I would get a chance to buy them at a reduced rate. And so but what I remember more than anything is I remember the faith she had in me and the mentorship she provided me along the way, because I was there too early. And she said, you know what, this is a little too early for you to work, but you want the experience. You're mature enough. Your dad says he has confidence that you can do it. And I'm going to be right here by your side to walk you along this journey. And if it were not for her and my dad believing in and giving me that opportunity and her coaching me along the journey, because. Needless to say, it was retail. I ran into every challenge known to man in retail, just dealing with angry customers or dealing with bosses that weren't really committed to the job. This was a part-time job. So I was having to navigate all of that. And so I had someone to go to. And that really helped shape me as well. And I think it helped me find my roar because early on I was experiencing things that were new to me that was forcing me to reflect, right? To think about how I was taking advantage of opportunities, how was I going to act? I think all of that stuff was really important. Oh my God, I love that. And at such a young age, 15, right? Developing your own agency, really kind of showing up in the world and say, this is how I'm going to function as a retail associate, right? And then having the mentorship that you speak about all the time someone seeing something in you and really nurturing that. That's fantastic. Love that story. So listen, I know a lot about you and your career, but maybe share with the audience a little bit about your career and your executive journey um, up until this point and maybe what you're excited about now in your new role. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's hard for me to talk about my full career and I, I really struggle. So I'll top line it with this and then I'll talk about some of my lessons learned that hopefully can help your audience. One, I started out very technical. And for me, I thought, since I've been in IT my entire professional career, I really thought 
being more technical systems engineer was the way to go. But I recognized that people were having more fun on the sales side, right? And I felt like, you know, I had an experience where I could really get my hands dirty and understand the technology, but it would be even more powerful if I could translate that to help our customers understand how they can solve their business problems with this technology. And so I then transitioned my career over to technology sales. And that's where I really began to thrive because it allowed me to really deeply understand our customers, their industry, and understand how the technology could solve their business problems and help them accomplish their goals. And so I chose to play in that space. One of the things that I've always done now is I've always worked with our partner ecosystem because it was how we scaled. Mm -hmm. It was, we had all of these companies that really developed custom solutions on our platforms. They could help customers be successful with the technology. And I always saw them as an enabler to my success as well as my customer success. So I've always had a strategy of working with our partners. And that just became, I would say, a winning formula that I used that I would rinse and repeat, which then evolved into several careers that I've had where I had a chance to actually work within our partner ecosystem, where now I'm actually the vice president of channel sales. And it's really interesting because now I get to be on the other side and I get to coach other sellers how to leverage partners to accomplish their goals, right? But I really try to anchor more on helping the customers reach their goals, right? With and through our partners. But that's kind of the short story of the arc of how I did it. But I let's get real around what are some things I did to manage those different career stages. One is deliberate career planning. I mean, I was real deliberate. I had a plan. Here are all the experiences I wanted to have. I had a timeline. I wanted to make sure that I understood where my strengths were, where my gaps were. And I was always trying to figure out how I could close my gap. Let's be honest, hard work. I mean, you don't get to where we are in our career without hard work and results. And one of the things that I would add is document the results that you're getting. So when you have to sit back and reflect on here are the roles you've been in and what was the impact you were able to drive, you won't forget it. And you think about those experiences you've had. So I was really deliberate around that as well. I also made sure that I had a group of mentors. There was never one person that met all of the needs, but I've met different people throughout my career journey that has strengths in certain areas that I wanted to gain experience from, that I just stayed connected with them throughout my journey to make sure that I could learn from them in terms of unwritten rules, understand if I was putting together a business justification or if I needed a sounding board to work through a situation I was faced with, or if they had career experiences and competencies that I needed. I would work with them on how I could show up those gaps I had. So it was really important to me that I had those mentors around me. And then I had made sure I had a group of sponsors. Absolutely. Those people that were going to look after me and say, you know what, here's an opportunity coming up. And I think you'd be great because they have firsthand experience to what I've been able to do. The other thing I would just say is, I'll give you this one as the last. It really is around 
I had to learn how to ask for what I want. See, I started out thinking if I kept my head down, work hard, someone would recognize it and give me opportunities. And I looked up and people were passing me by. So I had a wonderful mentor that told me, Lonnie, you got to speak up. You got to tell people what you want. What are those experiences you want? And so I just had to learn to be my own best advocate and to ask for what I want. So I think it's a summary of all those things that I did. I love that. I love that. Good sponsorship can supercharge our careers. That's what has happened in this case, right? And I think the other piece is strong mentorship. Um, Having someone to say, hey, have you thought about just telling people what you want? And then you saying, you know what? There's no one that can wear Lonnie's t-shirt better than Lonnie. And so I'm going to wear my own t-shirt and say, hey, listen, here I am. (laughs) Here's what I want. Let's partner to make it happen. So I love that story. So speaking of that, Mm -hmm. maybe give us Because a lot of times I know you've talked to people in their careers. I've talked to people and they struggle with the ask in terms of finding a mentor and a sponsor. Maybe give us a few tips on how to find a mentor. Maybe some things that you did to identify those mentors and those sponsors. And was it easy for them to say yes? Or how did you make it easy for them to say yes? (laughs) Sure, sure. So let's separate mentors from sponsors. Okay, and, and if it's okay with you, I'll define mentors and then I'll define what a sponsor is to me and then how you go about both. For me, when I think of a mentor, I think of that person that will give me tailored advice, whether it's about maybe I need help with a competence that I have no experience in today. Maybe they have a network that I need to leverage and they understand people that I would need to work with that I'm needing to build new relationships with. They may really understand the organization and the unwritten rules. This is someone that has experience that I can draw. And when I say sponsor, I'm thinking of this is the person who's advocating for me when I'm not in the room. They have experience working with me. They can speak to what I bring to the table. And they are the ones and they're recommending me for a role, a new experience, an opportunity. They are the person advocating on my behalf. Okay, so that's how I define the two. When looking for a mentor, I think it's so important that we first understand what are your needs? What are you even looking for? What is it that you need so that you can identify the right people, right? So look inside yourself and say, where are my gaps today that I need support? Or where do I feel like I'm most exposed and most vulnerable in my current role? And I need some help to shore up that area so that I can deliver what's expected of me. So get clear on what you want. Then the second thing I've always done is I've assessed who are the people out there that I already admire that I think that have strengths in those areas. And we can't limit ourselves to just our network. You also have to think about other people's networks. So just just take a survey. And maybe it's talking to other people to say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling in these areas or I need support in these areas. Do you know someone who might be strong in those areas? All right. So then once you've identified these individuals, <laughs> here's what I tell everybody, Lakeisha. Now, don't go ask them to be your mentor on the first interaction. Can we not do that, please? I just think people want to get to know you. You want to make sure there's some chemistry there, that it's going to be a good connection. So I usually recommend that you have a get to know you session, right? For about 30 minutes, request about 30 minutes to get to know them. 
Or maybe say, you know what? I have a situation with love, just a quick coaching call with you, right? But going into that conversation, I think it's also important that you do like one slide. If you do it in the form of a PowerPoint, some people may just want to do it in the form of a resume, but let them know a little bit about you. So that is, what are your career experiences today? Who are you? Do you have family? Talk about that. Do you have any hobbies? Let them know a little bit about the things that are important to you, right? And then make sure you're clear in terms of what your aspirations are. So a little bit about your career experiences and what your aspirations are or what you're looking for. And then let that be what you take into that first conversation and allow it to be more of a casual, get to know you up front, but be clear in terms of what you're looking for in the end. And then maybe ask one question as a coaching question to see how it goes. And then maybe ask that person if they are taking, if you feel good about the conversation and the feedback they've given you, if they're taking any mentees at this time, right? And how do they think about mentee-mentoring relationships? What do they look for? Because you're going to want to make sure that whoever you choose to get in that relationship with, that you two are aligned on how they like to approach it, what you're wanting to get from it, and make sure this is the right person for you. So I'm going to pause there. What's your reaction to that? I love it. Spot on, spot on. It's just a conversation. I think a lot of times we make the ask so big, but really it's about finding someone that you can relate to, that you can engage with, that you can really build a relationship with. And then it naturally flows, right? I mean, I know for me, as I've talked to various people, it's easy after I've built a report to say, hey, listen, I'd love to just continue to pick your brain from time to time. Are you mm-hmm. open to that? And the answer has always been yes. I've never had anyone say no, because to your good point, I've spent time understanding how they engage, what's important to them, what their time footprint looks like, how they support others. And so when I make my ask, I've got enough G2, I've got enough intelligence to know how to frame it that they always will end up saying yes. Yes, and the same with me. And the other thing that we have to encourage people to do more of is to understand that mentoring relationships formally should have a beginning date and an end date. And at that end date, it doesn't mean that you're no longer in regular communication. It means that formal commitment to you to focus on a set of goals that you are after comes to an end and you free them up to go mentor and coach someone else. And then you have your check-ins if you want to have a check-in. Absolutely. Right? So I'm a big believer in, in a mentoring relationship, set some goals for the relationship, frequency in which you want to meet, make sure in every meeting you have an, an agenda that you've set ahead of time. So you allow your mentor an opportunity to process, come up with some ideas, maybe even bring some resources to share with you. But if you're dumping it on them during the conversation, you don't give them time to process. And then that way you have a more productive conversation and always follow up with what you heard, what you're gonna do, and the timeline in which you're gonna complete it and demonstrate follow through on that. Your mentor will do everything for you if you do that because they'll feel like they're not wasting their time. That's right. And that you value their time. And I love the proper preparation in advance, right? That's super critical, right? To just, again, I think show up and be prepared and allow whoever you're engaging with to come to, to the meeting, having had enough time to process 
what you've asked them in terms of everything else that they've ha- had to deal with. So I love that. 48 hours is always kind of the rule of thumb for me is at least give them 48 hours because uh, they've got meetings and other things that they're driving. So love that. Love that. Thank you. So I want to transition a little bit, but kind of stay in that same vein, right? So as we've talked about mentoring and sponsorship, I know you're passionate about personal and business transformations, educating and inspiring modern leaders. And recently you launched your own digital show centered on modern mentoring. Tell us about that. And I mean, obviously you're passionate about it. So maybe that's kind of what led you in that space. So talk a little bit about your new uh, digital platform. Yeah. So believe it or not, you know, modern mentoring was really born out of I was getting so many requests during this pandemic of people just so hungry for mentoring. And you and I've got these big jobs and I was mentoring. I try to mentor about 10 people at a time. That's an enormous commitment. And what was happening is I just didn't have any more room on the calendar to mentor. But I knew in my heart that that wasn't the answer. I had to get creative around touching more people. And believe it or not, it is literally this simple. I told my EA that I need to come up with a solution because she was clear. You have no more time. You got the same 24 hours as everybody else and you're sacrificing a lot of it today, some other solution. And I went to sleep and it was laid on me that next morning I said, I'm already uncomfortable with social. I got to get more comfortable with social. Maybe if I could just do some form of a live and I take questions and I answer it, It'll be a modern way to mentor. And that's how it all started. So my first one really was done on IG Live. Never have I ever done a live. (laughs) My phone was upside down. It didn't want to work the first time. Look, I knew what I wanted to talk about, but the technology wasn't cooperating. And I just hung in there. And then I transitioned from IG to LinkedIn Live. And the reason I transitioned is because I was hoping to get earlier in career and anyone out there, I just wanted to make it accessible to all. And IG was the platform that made it accessible to all. But what happened is strange things was happening on IG Live that people cautioned me about. And they said, Lonnie, you may want to move to LinkedIn Live just to give you a little bit more security and you know who you're bringing live and who you're talking to. So that's what I did. And essentially what it has become is a digital series that really allows me to share wisdom globally. And I can't even believe I'm saying globally, but literally we got people all around the world joining this, right? And I really want to make it accessible to everyone so that they can really thrive in these corporate spaces because that's who I'm after, because there really isn't a blueprint out there. So, and there's so many people so busy going through it that they are not slowing down to walk people through how to be successful. So I also wanted to make sure I could do it in a way that demonstrated vulnerability too, because it's important to talk about what works also important to everybody. What did? That's right. The failures (laughs) along the way, the learnings. Yeah. Right. And what did we learn from it? That is the key differentiator. And I felt like 
there were people, there was a generation of people that were coming out of corporate America that wanted to become executive coaches and they started charging. But there were so many people out there that was like, I'm in the fight today just trying to figure out how to get my next promotion. So that is the group that, you know, I've really just tried to slow down, tap my network, want you on modern mentoring so they can learn from you too. And I just, you know, I leverage my network. We tackle the big issues and we just share tips and things we've learned along the journey in hopes of helping more people. And I just keep saying, pay it forward. We need more people who are willing to do well, and that just speaks to your own personal mission, right? I know you believe that every person matters, that everyone belongs and everyone can make a difference. Talk about that. I think that's your personal mantra mission for you. And it feeds certainly into what you've been able to do with your digital show and your, your heart to just share what you've learned so that it helps someone else. So talk a little bit about that. It's funny that I've gotten to that point, but it really stems from these conversations that we've been having. Everybody's been focused on DNI, 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 and they're focused on the diversity side. And here we are, we already have this incredible talent in the organization. What are we doing to get the most out of the talent we have? And then I just recognize that for so many years, I've been intentional around my own planning, but we've all worked for those organizations and worked for those people where we felt like we were invisible. And I know I've been there. And I was like, I don't even think they see the value in me, but they haven't even invested the time in getting to know me. And as I've grown in leadership, I've noticed that there are those who are more vocal about what they're doing or what they want you to think they're doing. But then there's always the ones that are behind the scenes that are so busy doing the work that they don't even, they miss the fact that they have made themselves invisible. And I just noticed how important it was to recognize them and let them know that I see them. And I started on a journey of just paying. And I call them up, send them a little chat, send them an email and just thank them for something I've observed and just strike up a conversation and let them know that I see them. And I see them light up and I see how it really does shift their energy. And then I recognize, wow, how do I create an environment where they feel like their voice really matters? So I start talking to them and asking for their input and started leveraging their input and giving them credit. And it's amazing how that helps build a person's confidence. And then I started recognizing the more I did that, that you are starting to build up the confidence in the individual that they become even more committed to the business goals. They can become even more loyal to what you're trying to accomplish and they become more loyal to you as the leader. And it just became something that I was like, that will be something that will be my mantra and how I want to lead. And I want to make sure that everyone that I get a chance to work with feel like they really matter and are valued in this organization and have a sense of belonging. And it means building that community and support around them. And I would love to tell you I'm perfect at it all the time, but it is something I wake up every day thinking about who can I make a difference? Where can I make a difference today? And whose life have I touched today? I ask myself that every single day. 
Oh my gosh, I love it. I just, just got chills. And, and as you were articulating that, what came to mind for me, Lonnie, was your mom, right? Mm-hmm. As an educator. This is exactly what she did for every student that came into that classroom. Mm-hmm. I see you, you matter. He, mm-hmm. You know, instilling confidence and belief in them that they could learn, right? And yeah. they could be. Wow, that's so awesome. I love yeah. that. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Really love it. So listen, I could talk to you all day about, in general, but about anything, and especially this topic, because I know we're super passionate about really enabling the next generation of leaders to achieve all that they can achieve. And so is there anything else that I hadn't asked you that you want to talk about on the mentoring front that you want to leave the audience with? And then after that, we're going to move into a fun lightning round of questions that I have for you. little surprise. Okay. okay. So we should probably close off on sponsor because I defined it for them. And I probably should let them know my philosophy around that. So why don't we do that? Because that will tie to mentoring. I think a lot of people are after sponsors, the people that are going to advocate for them. Sponsors are usually those individuals who have front, firsthand experience with you and how you do your work. Right. And they can speak to the results that you have driven and they can speak to the what and the how. So usually when it comes to sponsors, when you identify those individuals, it's important that you have regular check ins with them and they understand what you're looking for. So they can be advocates for you to say, you know what, I heard about this opportunity over here that I think would be a great fit for you. And they'll be the one to possibly launch an email place a phone call on your behalf. And so it's important with sponsors that you just continue to keep the relationships warm, right? But to go to a stranger and ask them to be your sponsor, that's going to be a little odd, especially if they don't have any firsthand experience with you. And your sponsors can also be people that you can think of in terms of references in the future as well. And it's probably not a bad idea if someone really is a sponsor or advocate for you to go out on LinkedIn and have them write a little reference for you out there. I think that will be good. So that stands on its own so you don't have to track them down, but still keep the relationship warm and let them know how much you value them. And also, much like in a mentoring relationship and a sponsor relationship, always be willing to give back to them because they may need some experiences and support that you can provide and lend. So make sure you ask how you can be of service. I love that. I love that. Even the reverse mentoring. I mean, in my personal board of advisors, mentors and sponsors, you know, I have younger people who are younger than me that I can learn from at the same time, right? So it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And I love what you said too. You know, I look at my sponsors and mentors and to your point, how can we make their lives better? What is it that I can do to add value to them? And so, again, you know, I know that you have a passion for mentoring. I know you have a passion for giving back. I know you love driving widespread corporate transformation. So if I find an article, I'm going to send you that because I know that's something that you're driving. So I always ask myself, what can I do, little or small, to add value to that board of advisors, the board of directors, which really is comprised of my mentors and my sponsors? Yeah. Yeah. So love that. Thank you for unpacking that more. And I know for without a shadow of doubt that... Your career, you've been blessed to have great sponsors and mentors. So if there's a story you want to share around how one of those relationships truly catapulted your career or, you know, maybe provided you some insights, you know, is there a specific story that stands out from your mentors and your sponsors that you want to share? And then we'll move on to the the lightning round. You know, there's one relationship I still remember. It was really critical to my growth here at Microsoft. 
I was introduced to him through, I was an account manager within the enterprise space. And everybody was like, Lonnie, obviously you're mentoring everybody. You want to go into leadership. I was like, yeah, I've done that before. I guess you're right. It's about that time for me to start thinking about that here at Microsoft. I was having a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, okay, yes, I'm getting serious about it. So they connected me with a guy who's running North Central at the time. His name was Pete Bond. And Pete and I met through the interview process, but I just remember how he went out of his way. Once we had gone through the interview process, he had made a decision that he wanted me to come to his business to run his specialist team at the time. He then set me up with a number of people to meet with to make sure that I could find out more about him as a leader. And he also intentionally chose people who were diverse. And so I met with them. They all, of course, of course, he was smart. They all were advocating. Right. (laughs) And I went to work for him. Fast forward, he ended up being both a mentor and a sponsor through our entire years of working together because there were moments of coaching and support he provided me in terms of how to deal with different situations I was faced with. But he also was a sponsor because there were times when our past separated us. And then he would advocate to pull me in to run a different part of the business that he felt like would be a great experience for me based on what I could bring to the table. And I would say he's the one person that I came across in my career that was so instrumental in just opening doors, being there to listen, experiences I had never had before, being willing to slow down, talk me through it help me understand some of the unwritten rules to help me be successful. So I do, I owe a lot of my early years in my career to him because he was the one that, it was his whole approach and it was how he led with so much care. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that story. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap up with the fun lightning round of questions. I'm going to say a word or phrase and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. This will be real easy. So what's your favorite food? Oh, I don't really have a favorite Right now, I'm enjoying sushi. Oh, yes. I love sushi. If you have one, I know you're super busy, but do you have a current Netflix addiction? I just finished watching Made. I really enjoyed it. Did you? Okay, good. I really enjoyed it. It was one of those unexpected ones that I was like, whoa. To me, it was just a wonderful story in resilience. Yeah. A woman who was determined Right. And she was hit with many odds along the way, but she kept getting back up. I love Found it. a way. I love that. It's on my uh, watch list, but I haven't watched it just yet. Ooh. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. I, I binge watched that one. And of course, you know, I'm a Ted Lasso, but that's not on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm halfway through Ted Lasso. It's a good one. It's a good one, too. So thank you for sharing that. So what's your dream vacation? If you know, once we can, the rest of the world starts to open up, we feel a little bit more comfortable. What's your next vacation spot you want to hit? I want to go on a really exotic two-week cruise. Wouldn't that be nice? It would. And you know, I've seen some ships lately and I'm ready to try them again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would love that. And I don't know the way I've heard about Mediterranean cruise. I mean, I just want a really nice, long, luxurious two-week cruise 
where I don't have to worry about nothing and I can see something different every other day at least. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would love that. I love it. I love it. I love that one. Okay. So favorite book or book book you're reading right now? The book I'm reading right now, I actually got to pull it up. Yes. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. So this is the one I just got. I heard a lot about it. Yes. Looking forward to reading this one and getting all into it. Something fun to read and empowering. I think so too. And the last question I'll ask you is who, who inspires you? Who, who are you inspired by currently? I know there's probably quite a few, but is there anyone that is kind of, you know, inspiring you right who now? inspires me? Believe it or not, I will name two people. Well, I'll give you three. One person that's inspiring me right now is Tony Townsend. I just did an interview with her on building resilience and she's at this point where she's just enjoying her life and she's giving back to so many organizations that she cares about. And she does it with just so much um, class and she does it with just so much integrity. And I just really admire her. And I just had an opportunity to spend some time with her last week for modern mentoring, actually. So I was, just really just marveling over her ability to talk about such a difficult subject and to break it down, to make it so practical and demonstrate her own vulnerability. I really love that. You actually are the other person that inspires. <laughs> it's very and kind of you. <laughs> Yeah, I pick you because I've just so enjoyed our relationship, but I love our conversations and how you live. And you remind me so much of myself And when I speak with you about just how you're trying to grow your business and mainstream your business, I can relate to so much of what you're going through. And I just have really enjoyed just knowing you as a person and watching you lead. So that's inspirational to me. And the third one I would pick is I can't leave her out. It's because she shaped who I am. And that's Oprah. You know, I lost my mom early in life. So I was always that girl looking for someone to see herself in. And for Oprah, that was who she was for me. She was that person I could see myself in. And what I've admired most about her is her generosity around how whenever she learns something, she wants to share it with everyone. And that is something that I'm trying to do is not be selfish in any way. It's just share it. And hopefully it will come back a hundredfold. Right. And the thing that she has taught me and I really do practice every day is around being intentional. What is my intention here? And getting clear on that and pure with that so that I don't come in with any hidden agendas or anything like that. So those are the three people inspiring me right now. Oh my gosh, I love that. And everything, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Everything that you articulated, I see it in you all the time. You've been so generous with your time, your insight, your wisdom, and you do it so freely with everyone. That's just who you are. And I, and I love that I've just been able to connect with you. You are a breath of fresh air, a ray of sunshine, Lonnie. Every time I get a chance to talk to you, I feel better for the engagement. And so, so excited for our journey together as sisters, as friends, as leaders in corporate America and all that we can continue to do to help others. So thank you so much. Thank you.
All right. Well, we'll let you go because I could keep you. But until next time, how about that? (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) I love it. Thanks, Lonnie. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar. Tune in next time for more awesome talks with people at the top. Don't forget to subscribe and share so you're the first to know when our newest episodes are available. Until next time.